0: A week in review with the Thai Expat Daily Show, and I am your host, Kiran Mack. Well, welcome back to the Sunday Review, where we look back at the week's top stories. And of course, one of the stories that made a lot of headlines this week was... Uh, the vaccination of expats in Thailand with the on-again, off-again daily story. Basically, as people may or may not know, if you've been watching, it was one day expats were getting vaccinated and the next day they weren't. It all depended on who you asked in whatever ministry. Um it was kind of finally confirmed on Saturday again from the minister or from the spokesperson for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. We can listen to him now. Really, really.
1: Uh, uh. of where and when the official walk-in scheme begins, that will be announced. Uh, the facilities are being discussed right now to have uh, ample space to have the proper facilities. When that is announced, uh, in principle, foreign nationals can also walk in. However, to ensure, naturally, to ensure the efficient facilitation for foreign nationals and to prevent any language miscommunication, separate facilities for foreign nationals are also being discussed. So by the time that the walk-in schemes are officially uh, open, hopefully we'll have separate facilities for foreign nationals to avoid any language miscommunication so the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the Department of Disease Control is discussing this as we speak, to plan for such facilities in due course. So as soon as the MoPROM application is ready for foreign nationals, we'll let you know. As soon as the walk-in scheme is officially open for uh, Thai nationals with all the new venues, the additional venues rather, we will hopefully be having a separate facility for foreign nationals.
0: So there you go and that's kind of it in principle they they are saying with the walk-in coming in next week that in theory, of course theory and the reality can be two different things, a foreigner should be able to walk in and get a vaccine. Now for walk-in I spotted this on The Nation, check which medical or non-medical places uh, offer the walk-in vaccination because not everyone where will. prepare your ID, passport or other documents issued by the authority, inform the medical uh, or non-medical places where you want to get yourself inoculated. And in the case you have a, a, some kind of a disease, you might discuss with the medics before the vaccination. As you also heard, there is, they're, in, uh, they're currently developing an app or possibly using the current app they have, but to have a section that would be for foreigners to be able to register and apply to do uh, get their vaccination. This is meant to come online within the next two weeks. Um, as he also said that um they plan to have some centers that would be for foreigners only uh that have english-speaking staff so there isn't any confusion now i do know some people have kind of complained about that but i i was reading a guy on uh twitter who had gone to get his vaccination and he said he did find it awfully confusing because he didn't speak thai and everything was being done in Thai, and he didn't exactly know where he was meant to go or what he was meant to do. So having an English-speaking staff might be, might be helpful. Now, this is all very well for uh, most of Thailand. Uh, the only province that seems to be doing whatever they want is uh, Phuket. And they will start vaccinating only work permit holders uh, at the moment. I, I don't know what that exactly why it's only that and why they're so slow they have a lot of vaccines down there so um, they seem to be rather slow to vaccinate foreigners in there but as you have heard from the spokesperson himself it is now confirmed so whatever we hear from other idiots in government that seem to talk from the ministry of of health there seem to be a few big mouths who like the limelight Uh, i think we can just listen to basically the ccsa and the spokesperson from the ministry foreign affairs and know what they're telling us uh, seems to be pretty much the policy of the government. So uh, hopefully we'll start to see vaccines for foreigners in the coming few weeks and uh, we'll hear stories of people who've gotten it. Now another story that uh, made headlines last week was the Phuket sandbox model. Uh, that is meant to be starting in on July 1st. Um, So this is meant to be the uh, relaxation of entry requirements for people who would like to come to uh, Phuket to holiday quarantine free. Um, The main gist of the PDF document that I saw was the entry requirements and what people needed to do to be able to come here for a period of time or for their vacation or period of time. a lot has been made about this and for me i'm still not convinced july 1st is going to happen there's a lot going on out there and, and phuket seems to be very far behind i mean with six weeks to go we're looking at travel agents haven't been informed flight schedules haven't been set up um people just don't know about the entry requirements because they haven't really been broadcast even though i happen to have what the entry requirements are a lot of people don't actually have this information right now so Um, There seems to be uh, a lot of confusion over and Phuket don't seem to be realizing that they're in big competition with the likes of Greece, Spain, Portugal, and long haul destinations within Europe, uh, like people who might fly to Mexico. And they all have relatively easy entry requirements for tourists, such as either possessing a vaccination certificate or having a negative PCR test on arrival at the airport. Now, they are the big thing. There's nothing else if you're traveling to any of these countries. You know, there's no um, certificates of entry, and there's no very expensive insurance, and there's no you can't leave the area and you can only stay here. None of that exists if you're going on holidays anywhere else. And also remember, you could fly from London to Portugal for sixty pound return at the moment. You know, if you wanted to go next month, so I mean, you know these are the things we have to. They have to take into account which are not. But just a recap on the entry requirements for people who would like to come here in July. Um, you need to get a certificate of entry, and that is the uh, the main document. To get the certificate of entry, you have to go to the Thailand Certificate of Entry website, uh, and you'll upload your vaccination certificate. You will upload your flight itinerary. You will upload your hotel booking. You will upload your travel insurance, which has to cover a minimum of 100,000 US dollars and must cover you for COVID-related illnesses. All those things need to be uploaded onto the website and then you wait for the Thai embassy in your region to approve you or not. And then they will send you email a certificate of entry, which you then will, uh, obviously, you'll take that with you to the airport each by the way you have to do this for each person who's going on the flight so a lot of uh, you know I mean if you're going on holiday you don't want this kind of messing around to be honest with you I I wouldn't be doing it I'd be looking for places that make it easy for me nevertheless uh, so that's the main gist of the stuff that you need to get here also you have to come in a direct flight to Phuket so if you're in Dublin for example Ireland you know you won't be able to come unless you happen to i I don't know i mean if you're if you're spanish you won't be coming if you're french probably not no so there's a lot of countries being excluded on this too uh when you arrive in phuket international airport you'll obviously be screened for temperature now if you've got had your pcr test you won't be having another one on arrival but if you do have children between 12 and 18 they will have to undergo a rapid antigen test on arrival and children under the age of 12 well they don't you also have to download the AOT, uh, Airports of Thailand application, fill out the TM8 form. And you also have to download uh, Thailand Plus application. And you will have to have that on your phone at all time and it needs to be able to track you. It also, you will also have to each day log into it and then upload your, basically you have any symptoms, how you're feeling, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, After the fourth or fifth day, you will be able to do a PCR test, and if you have test negative, you will be able to go on a day trip somewhere. So you'll be able to go to Koyao or Pee Pee Island or uh, Panya Bay or wherever. So, and then after the seventh day, as long as you, I think you have to do one more test and you can leave the island and you can go about your business. I think now that's not really, I'm not 100% sure because it seems still uh, a little hazy. The details, and as I said, six weeks out, details are not really finalized. but... I, I found out as much as I have for you guys so anybody who's thinking about coming over and, and and thinking about doing it that's basically what you will have to do now another quick story about during the week and it has come uh it has been reported now to enter Phuket uh the island either by land or by air currently you need either a vaccine certificate or a negative pcr or rapid antigen test on arrival at the checkpoint or the airport they have stopped as of today doing the rapid antigen airport or rapid antigen test at the checkpoint or at the airport so if you turn up at the checkpoint and you don't have your rapid antigen test you don't have a a, a vaccine certificate you will not be getting on the island end of story and you won't be able to board your flight in whatever destination, Bangkok, Chiang Mai, or whatever, unless you have one of those two things, they just won't allow it. So be warned. For people who are traveling on land, just to let you know that Panya Hospital and Takupa Hospital are doing rapid antigen tests. Now, the rapid antigen test at Takupa Hospital costs 750 Thai bat and I think it's open from nine to three each day, but they can only do about 100 people. Panya Hospital, it's 500 Thai Baht and about the same timing, 9 to 3 each day they're open. So you can pop in. It'll take you about an hour. So if you want to go to Phuket, you can pop in there and get your test. As long as you're negative, you should be fine to get through. That's just some information I picked up over the last couple of hours. In... Somewhat tie-related news, Leicester City uh, beat Chelsea 1-0 in the FA Cup final to win the cup for the first time in their history. Chelsea had a last-minute equaliser disallowed for being offside by a fraction of a millimetre from what I could tell. But what was very nice was to see the Leicester City players bringing on the uh, son of the former owner, Kun Vishai's son, uh, to... uh, present him with the FA Cup it was a lovely moment and something that was well worth having a quick look at and we can have a quick uh, look at it here
1: to get the right players we're talking about recruitment etc ah got come, comes top we've got to come top there going in and it's all it's all down to
0: him and his father that, that the, we can wish to be in this position now. I spoke with um, with Casper recently and he said that the unique thing about Leicester is that the owners, the players, the fans are so well connected. And he said he's, it. It. he's oh, never yeah. played at a club like that's that, what, ever. That's what I was going to say. In a time where the relationship between owners and between players and fans are so fractured at the moment, to see what we're seeing here is so refreshing. I don't think there's a club that's more connected from top to bottom as what we see with this club here. Do you know what, there'll be some big clubs out there and some that I've played for. So it was a good moment when they presented him with the FA Cup and they celebrated. It's something very rare at the moment. We we have seen in football where there's so much hatred towards owners of football clubs, and especially the apparent big six. Uh, it's nice to see fans and players and uh, you know people working for the club really appreciate the owner. So actually, it was a great thing to see. Now, finally, a quick review on a show called Black. Earth rising which is a show that I just recently found on Netflix um, and normally I have uh, normally especially the last couple of months I've had a real problem focusing on watching programs you know being kind of in a semi lockdown so I what I, did found, what I did find was this show really, really did uh, hook me. So I just want to uh, read yeah, a quick review of this uh, show So and highly recommend it uh, for you to have a look at when you get a chance. It's an eight-part Netflix BBC series and it is now available on uh, Netflix. Black Earth Rising is a fascinating, if clunky, take on the Rwandan genocide. Last April will mark mark the 25th anniversary of the Rwandan genocide, a 100-day period in in which world leaders stood idly by as more than 800,000 people, Tutsi minorities and moderate Hutus were murdered by the majority Hutus, who had been whipped into a homicidal frenzy by their leaders. The fallout from this killing spree is the subject of a clunky but fascinating BBC drama, Black Earth Rising, just out on Netflix. It was made by Hugo Blick, whose award-winning 2004 series, The Honorable Women, used a deliriously serpentine plot to explore the Israeli-Palestinian conundrum. Blick's up to the same tricks in this new eight-part series, which offers us the gaudy goodies of a thriller, murder, chases, and shocking revelations, in order to interest us in a tragedy that, af- that whose aftershocks are still rocking Africa today. Rising British star Michaela Cole plays the role of Kate Ashby, a 30-ish Rwandan who as a little girl was rescued from the 1994 genocide by human rights lawyer Eve Ashby, that's Harriet Walter, who adopted and raised her in London. Eve and her American boss Michael Ennis, played by John Goodman, are dedicated to prosecuting those who turned Central Africa into a killing field, all of which is fine until Eve goes after a a Tutsi general who after helping end the genocide went on to commit war crimes in neighboring Democratic Republic of Congo. Kate is outraged. How can her own mom go after a man who saved Tutsis like herself from slaughter? The tricky question gets even trickier once Kate finds herself working with Michael on a second case, this time defending a Rwandan government minister from a war crimes charge brought by the French. As the two cases cross, Cross-pollinate black earth rising races from London mansions to Congolese mining camps, from Parisian police stations to the presidential offices in the Rwandan capital of Kigali. Meanwhile, Kate, whose childhood trauma keeps her inner life churning, burns with a righteous anger that blinds her to the path's fully complex to the path's fully full complexity. Now, black earth rising is decidedly not one of those current event pot boilers like Bodyguard or Homeland. It cares less about ratcheting things up than reminding us that the history is vast, messy, and ever-changing. Kate's exploration of her past helps us understand the Rwandan genocide and its violent aftermath. We get details of how Belgium and French policies help fuel the killing and how colonialism still works today. We see how the Tutsi leaders who currently run Rwanda have created an orderly but dictatorial state. And more abstractly, we see how hard it is to define justice in a world where one-time heroes start doing bad things and fate transforms villains into victims. In the show's opening credits, we hear Leonard Cohen performing his song, You Want It Darker in his incomparable hound of hell growl. Yet, Black Earth Rising is actually about seeking the light. As Kate learns the buried truth about the past, her own and her own home countries, she begins to escape its clutches, transforming herself from an innocent victimized by history into a wised up woman who's trying to make it. I can safely say that this is definitely a show that you must watch, and I can definitely give it five out of five stars. So you will not be disappointed. Turn it on and enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe, and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you tomorrow.